You know, I struggled this week over uh, which monster would be this week's theme in our series, Monsters in Church. Um, we had this one and one more left, and I struggled over which one to talk about. And I'm even struggling right now as to whether I want to go with the other way or not. I don't even have my notes in here, so there you go. Um, but the morning, this morning we're going to look at one that I think we probably all best relate to. But not only that, I think it's best described in, the, in Romans, in the seventh chapter, uh, where Paul is talking about his life and the things that he is going through. We're going to pick up there in Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 14, and we're going to read just a few verses here. It says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am made of flesh, sold into sin's power. For I do not understand what I am doing, because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good, so now I'm no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but it is the sin that lives in me. So I discovered this principle. When I want to do what is good, evil is with me. For in my inner self, I joyfully agree with God's law, but I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this dying body? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, I myself am a slave to the law of God. But with my flesh, to the law of sin. Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time, that you would use it for your glory. Father, use me as the vessel with the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for all the blessings that you shower us. Father, open our minds and our hearts when we ask all these things in the name of your son Jesus and for his sake and all God's people say. Amen. In 1886, none of us here probably remember that. Saying probably because you never know. I'll get it later. Robert Louis Stevenson authored a book titled The Strange Case of Dr. Jack and Mr. Hyde. And it's a book about a man's many emotions that divide him. There is this troublesome part within Dr. Jekyll that, that he wants to control because he feels like the troublesome part is keeping him from being his best. And so he sets out to, to find out what he needs to do. Because on the one hand, you have Dr. Jekyll, who is a perfectionist. He has good intentions, and there is this drive to do great things. But on the other hand, temptations and evil desires throw Dr. Jekyll off track, and he doesn't get to do the things that he wants to do. And so he goes about trying to separate out his evil nature from his good nature. One for the day and one for the night. And so then you have Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. As I read Romans 7, we have to realize that as Paul realized, there is a Mr. Hyde in all of us. 
There's a Mr. Hyde in all of us. We all are at that point at some point in our lives. Sometimes we may be walking a great road and we're so close to Jesus that nothing will get us off. But there are those times when there's something else living in me. There's something there. And although we wish to do what is right, something else leads us astray. There's a constant battle going on between that which is good and that which is evil. And sometimes we get weighed down and flustered because there is something that lurks within us. And the problem becomes how do we overcome this nature that lurks within ourselves? You know, Dr. Jekyll, he failed. He chained himself to his alter ego in order to fight it out and destroy Mr. Hyde. But he dies in the arms of Mr. Hyde finding out that he was powerless to destroy the evil with it. I'm sorry if I just messed the book up for you. But he failed because he thought he could gut it out. Dr. Jekyll died the death of every man of sin believing he could overcome something he could not overcome alone. So how do we war against our own Mr. Hyde. Well, the first thing we have to do, according to Paul here, is we have to recognize the danger within us. There in verses 17 and verses 20, he says, What? So now I'm no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. He says it twice. Sin is real. And it's a force that's in everyone's life, even the lives of believers. The flesh will always have a tendency towards the sin. Always. We have that tendency. The problem we have, if sin looked to us like sin looked to God, we wouldn't gravitate towards it. Because when God sees sin, it's filthy and it's nasty. But our human, our fleshly side, sin is tempting. Sin begins to pull. Sin makes us go, hey. And we think, just let me dip my toe in the water. You ever uh, dipped your toe in water thinking how great it is, only coming to find out that it wasn't that great? Carrie's looking at me because she knows where I'm going. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were, if you have a couch open to that, let me know. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were off on vacation. And uh, one of the things we wanted to do badly was go to a hot spring. And so we looked one up. I forgot, we were somewhere in New Mexico. I don't remember the, the town. We were somewhere on some back hollow road. Um, and we found one that said it was a hot spring open to the public. We went. <laughs> they went. Uh, and they got there, and I looked, and I saw that water, and I was like, I don't know about that. And there were some people there that didn't look too savory. <laughs> and so I wasn't going down there, but I wouldn't let my family go down there either because, you know, I didn't want to have to go to jail in New Mexico. <laughs> and there was another pool up top away from those people that... Uh, <laughs> that Carrie said, we can just get in this one. Well, they got in. 
like up to their neck. I mean, I think Shallow went under. You didn't get to that. She's crying. I didn't go that far in. She's lying to y'all and jerk. She got in there and she just thought it was great until I'm looking around and I'm going, Mom, I don't think this is the hot spring. It seems to me to be some drainage that's coming from somewhere. And I don't know what it is. And I said, and that would explain the green nature of all the stuff on the walls of what you're sitting in. Well, they jump out and they're like, we need to go wash off. And I'm like, where? We better check that out of the hotel. You'll wash off tonight. That's sin. You think it, you think it looks good? Let me just dip my toe in. Let me just get my feet wet. Let me just, just, just get on in. And you know, it feels good for a minute until you realize what you're sitting in. That's what happens. We have to recognize the danger within us that sin is real. It's a real force in our lives and that we still have that fleshly nature. And it still calls out. And it, and it could be any, anything. It could be something that calls out to you on the computer. It could be something that calls out to you in, in places that you don't need to be. It could just be that sin that makes you go, yeah, I can do that. And nobody will know and it won't hurt anybody, and it'll be good for me. That's what happens. And if we don't recognize the danger within us, we're lost. You know, the first thing we have to do to, come, to overcome any problem is what? To name the problem. You know, if you go to Alcoholics Anonymous, the first thing you're going to have to do is claim the fact that you are an alcoholic. Because if you don't claim it, you're never going to take the steps to overcome it. You know, I deal with certain things with my kids in that way. When they do things and, and, and have behaviors that they shouldn't, and sometimes that's more punishment that they can bear, especially for my prideful little one. Tell me what it is you did wrong. 45 minutes later, we're still stomping our feet. Just say it. Just say it. Just tell it. Until we recognize the sin, we're powerless to do anything about it. Failure to recognize and accept this is dangerous because we become sometimes arrogant because we're Christians. I have Jesus. Sin doesn't bother me. I knew a guy once, a pastor, who told me he didn't sin anymore. Liar, liar, dance on fire. You just did. You bore false witness against yourself and against Jesus. We have to recognize the danger. We have to know that where we are. Because if we get arrogant because we're Christians, because, well, Jesus is just going to save me, there's a danger there. We also must recognize our helplessness to overcome the danger alone. Mr. Hyde destroyed Dr. Jekyll. Why? Because Dr. Jekyll thought, you know what? I'm bigger than he is. I can take him. How many of us have ever had that one sin that we deal with continually? We can't overcome it by gutting it out. It doesn't happen. 
Because we don't have the power to overcome these things. We can fight and we can war and we can follow the law, but sin still remains. For everybody who checks off the boxes on a Sunday school envelope, they are still having to fight and war with the things that are going on. And we have to get to the point where we realize we can't overcome this by ourselves. We cannot get to the point where we think, oh, I can do this. Just let me chain myself to my sin. Let me gut this out for a little while. You know, one of the greatest sins and temptations and, and, and the greatest bondages in our society today is pornography. It is a bondage. Why? Because kids, little kids are finding it. It's not hard to find. You can, you can search the most innocent terms and things will pop up that you never imagined. We've got to be proactive as parents and, and as churches and, and filter stuff. Put the things we need on our internet to keep those things out of our homes because it's not just children. Pornography brings everyone into bondage. Men deal with it more, but women deal with it too. Why? Because we think like everything else, I can stop whenever I want to. I can stop whenever I want to. Did you know that our society programs us to look at things like pornography? I remember being a, a young boy, nine or, or ten years old, and I remember J.C. Penny Because <laughs> there was a, a section in there that I didn't think Mama knew about. And now, Victoria don't have no secrets. <laughs> and that's everywhere. Our world programs us to go towards things like we get desensitized. You know, whether it's the news, anything else, we're desensitized to stuff. If we watch people die enough, death loses its meaning. If we watch people partake in sin enough, that sin loses its power. And we begin to say, okay, well, it's no big deal. I can stop whenever I want. But we have to get to the point where we say, I can't stop whenever I want. I'm in bondage. If I'm in bondage and I am chained to something, unless somebody brings me the key, I'm not getting out. I've got to be released. If I find myself in prison and I'm shackled and I'm changed, unless somebody else opens that door, I'm not getting out. There's nowhere I'm going. Until we realize that we cannot overcome it alone, we're never going to overcome Mr. Hyde within us. It's never going to happen. Because we're going to continue to duke it out. We're going to continue to do these things. And what are we going to do? We're going to fall. And we're going to fail. And Mr. Hyde's going to trample all over us. So what do we need to do? We have to recognize that there is only one way to overcome the Mr. Hyde within us. And we should praise God for providing rescue from the Mr. Hyde within us. What does he say? What, is, what does Paul say here? He says... What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this dying body? And he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, 
my flesh to the law of sin. But therefore, no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. Jesus can defeat the Mr. Hyde within us. Jesus can nullify the Mr. Hyde within us. Shallow played video games yesterday. Go figure. It's Matt's fault. Because Matt has a switch. And so we ended up at Matt's house. We played Mario Party. And in Mario Party, you could buy this mushroom that Shallow was obsessed with. Which one? The poison mushroom. And what does the poison mushroom do? It takes two off of the role of the person that you choose for it to be. It negates their role. If they, if they roll a two, guess what? They ain't going nowhere. If they roll a four, they only go two. It negates part of it. That's what Jesus does to Mr. Hyde within us. Mr. Hyde's still there. We're still going to struggle, but Jesus is the poisonous mushroom to the sin within us. Jesus is the one who can destroy the Mr. Hyde within us. And he says, guess what? There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We're no longer condemned. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to walk around thinking, oh, what a pitiful man I am. Because that's what Paul says. He's, he's talking about what he goes through, but he knows everybody goes through this. Because Romans is an introduction letter. He's never met these people. Let me tell you who I am. I'm a horrible, horrible man. I'm a wretched man. And I'm not perfect. But thanks be to God who has saved me and removes my condemnation. That's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying there is freedom. We can walk knowing that we have been saved and we have been released. We don't have to worry about those things and, and, and all of the, the complications that come with it. We're not going to find ourselves losing the struggle all the time because Jesus has overcome. That's amazing. Why then do we walk around condemning ourselves? I failed again. I just must not be a good Christian. Well, you're probably not if you're trying to do it on your own. You're a bad Christian. A good Christian says, I can't do it. Jesus, do it. That is so hard for any of us who were raised to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. You got to work and get it done. Pull yourself up. But Jesus says you can't work and get it done. You can't pull yourself up. You just got to believe and trust and let me do it. Oh, that's hard. Jesus, Jesus, surely there's something I can do. Surely there's something I can do. Let me be a better person. I, 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 won't, I, won't, I won't drink or chew or go with girls who do. I'll, I'll be a good person, Jesus. And that'll help me. And that doesn't help me. There are lots of good people who are going to go to hell. Oh. If you're more concerned about your neighbor's political leanings, than you are about whether or not they're going to hell, you're not living like a Christian. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> there are lots of people who give money to charity, who stop on the side of the road when you have a flat tire, who do everything they're supposed to do, but they're going to hell because they don't know Jesus and don't trust in Him. They're living condemned because they don't have a relationship with Jesus. It's just the facts. There are lots of people who sit in churches all over the United States and all over the world who are going to hell because they're not believing in Jesus. They're trying to do it on their own. The whole point Paul is making here is we will always struggle with the man of sin inside us. We're always going to struggle. It's always going to be there. If you ever get to the point where you're not struggling, something's wrong. Because when you're trying to follow God, guess what? The devil's not going to leave you alone. The closer you get, the harder he's going to hit. The closer you get, the more things he's going to do. And more things are going to happen in your life because that's what happens. He doesn't want us to be close to God. You want to know why the devil doesn't want us to be close to God? Because he can't be close to God. We're always going to struggle. It's always going to be there. But it's not our struggle alone. We don't have to struggle alone. We have Jesus who nullifies the man of sin within us. But not only that, The church has one failure, a big failure, over the past 50 or 60 years. People are afraid to share their struggles with sin with the people around them because we're afraid how the people around us are going to react. We're called to bear with the weaker brother. We're called to walk with the weaker brother. We're called to lift them up and to help them through. That we should be able to call the people around us. We should be able to look around this room and if we're struggling with something, we should be able to pick up the phone and call the person sitting across the room and say, I am struggling today. And I can't get past it. And, and, and I'm trying to call out to Jesus, but I just don't go close enough. And they should be able to lift you up and take you before the throne and bring Jesus to your doorstep. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be a family. You know what? I didn't hide things from my mama after I became an adult. Yes, I said after I became an adult. I hid things as a teenager. I didn't want her to know about all that. She probably didn't know about the J.C. Penney catalog until the day she died. But that's beside the point. But I didn't hide things from her. When I was struggling, I would say, Mama, I'm struggling. My greatest struggle is I'm a very patient man. Would you agree with me on that? Am I lying on myself? I'm a very patient man. And I I'm pretty even killed. So when I get to this point where it's fixing to explode that's my struggle. Because when I explode, I explode. It's gone. I'm done. I can count probably three times it's happened in 43 years. 
but I could call my mom. And I could say, Mama, I'm done. And Mama would talk me that. I had somebody living with me once, I won't say who it will out, but I want to long. Um, I had my sister, my two nieces, and the guy she used to be married to. I won't call him my ex-brother-in-law. Um, and they were living in the parsonage with me in Brownwood. And I started dating here. See, all my things start with a woman, right there. I started dating Carrie. And I brought her to the house, and we had watched something on TV in the living room, and I, we had pizza that night, and she had a curfew without paying me back in the door at a certain time. So I took her back to the door. I left the pizza boxes there beside my chair. And when I got home, the pizza boxes were gone. And I was like, oh, well, that was nice of them. Until I opened my bedroom door. And he had taken those pizza boxes and strewn them through my room. I had pizza everywhere. I was doing it. And I called my mama. And I said, Mama, Kim and the girls can stay, but he's out tomorrow. I'm done. We should be able to have that kind of relationship with each other without fear of judgment. You know what? My sin is no better than your sin. And your sin is no better than my sin. Because it's all sin. And it doesn't matter. Because when God looks, He says, oh, that's sin. He doesn't say, well, that's a bad sin. So you're only going to a little bit of hell. And that's a good sin. So you might still make it in. That's not the way it works. It's either you know Jesus... And He covers all of your sins. Or you don't know Jesus and none of your sins are covered. That's it. That's the only choice. That's where we're at. The hope today is that the Mr. High within us can be beaten. We don't have to live as big of a struggle. Now, we may not win every battle, but Jesus has won the war. Maybe this morning you are in the midst of a battle with the Mr. Hyde thing. Maybe there is, there is just something that you struggle with on a daily basis and you don't know how to get past it. And no matter how hard you try, you still fall to it every time. Now is the time to realize that you cannot defeat this on your own. It takes the blood and grace of Jesus to overcome. Maybe this way. Maybe you've been afraid to share. Because man, we live in live hand and it's a small town and everybody knows everybody. And that's just old so-and-so's kid. Break that cycle. Let's become who we're supposed to be. I don't care what you've done before. I don't care who you were 20 years ago. That's not you today. Maybe this morning you want to serve the missions or ministry. 
Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Maybe you've never taken a step to say, I can't do any of this on my own. I want to know that if I die, that I'm going to heaven. I want to know that I'm following the one who makes a difference in the world. If that's you today, let, today, let now be the time. But wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to him. Would you pray? Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you. We praise you for your blessings.